Hello, this is Kelly McGee, and today's date is 10-12-2020, and I have an important statement that I would like for you to listen to if you can, and it is in regard to Danoon University talking about they have proof on how the Nephilim will return. Messiah, uh, 
he goes into another very interesting account and he speaks in verse 37 and 38 these words right here but as the days of Noah were so shall also the coming of the son of man be for as in the days that were before the flood they were eating drinking marrying and given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark now we know this because we can see this also in the book of Genesis a little bit but we really don't know what they were eating and drinking unless we use the book of Enoch now the book of Enoch is part of the Ethiopic scriptures part of their own Christian literature there but it's not been in our own canon it's not been part of the Bible that we have today King James or any other of the versions that we have in modern English but oddly enough, we know that the scriptures or these particular fragments were found in Qumran as well. And not just uh, fragments. There were two books. There were separate fragments found in the book of Enoch. But there was also a claim that there was a completed fragment, not just a fragment, but the entire scroll of the book of Enoch. The Bedouin sold to a Kuwaiti buyer. One of the scholars did travel to Kuwait, <clears throat> was able to microfilm this book, and able to authenticate that yes indeed it was very similar to that of the Ethiopic version and what I look at is I research uh, these books that are not considered canon whether it be the Nag Hammadi text the Qumran scrolls etc I realize that we have a plumb line we have the Bible that we have today but these books often can help fill in those missing pieces or put the puzzle that we're missing back in connect the dots as it were just like in the case of the story of we find in our own canon that uh, Joseph was sold for 20 pieces of silver in one part of the Bible it says he was sold to the Ishmaelites and another part we read that it's, he sold to the Midianites and you have to ask the question is it a contradiction or is there something we're missing well with our own canon we would never really know but if you read the book of Jasher, which actually was part of the 1611 King James Bible, we find out it's actually both. Because yes, they did sell him Isn't to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites got afraid and sold him to the Midianites for the exact same price. They take him down into uh, Egypt and sell him to Pontifer. So it was a little key piece of the puzzle that was missing that helps us to understand what's going on. And in the case here, Yeshua says here that they were eating and drinking. And they were marrying and given in marriage. If you look at this in the Greek language, that eating right there happens to be like gnawing or crunching down, almost as if you're eating flesh and bones. And of course, the given in marriage is prearranged marriage or forced marriage. And that caught my attention. So I decided to take a look in the book of Enoch to get a better picture of what's going on. And we find in uh, chapter 7, uh, and of course, when Enoch describes how big the giants were, that's when you kind of begin to scratch your head and think, really, that's all? But, you know, the point is, is we have to see what were they eating and drinking and who were they marrying? And as we see here, and they took wives for themselves and everyone chose for himself one each. They began to go into them and were promiscuous with them and they taught them charms and spells. Keep that in mind. We'll come back to that. And they showed them the cutting of roots and trees and they became pregnant and bore large giants, and their height was 3,000 cubits. These devoured all the toil of men until 
men were unable to sustain them. The giants turned against them in order to devour men, and they began to sin against the birds, against the animals, and against the reptiles, and against the fish, and they devoured one another's flesh and drank the blood from it. Well, we know that they went into the women. They had children by them. We know that giants are born in the earth, as we have seen in archaeology today, that there are bones for this. And we know that they were eating human flesh and drinking human blood. But the odd thing is, Yeshua said that's going to repeat. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the Son of Man. So the marrying and given in marriage, although we can see that today, you know, believers of Yeshua, they get married, other faiths get married willingly. We can look in the Middle East and see that there are arranged marriages or forced marriages. Uh, even in far Eastern countries, they do the same. Uh, we can even see that, yes, we eat and drink, and many times there is gluttony and things of that nature there. But where is the eating of the human flesh? Yes, even in the Middle East, in the Syrian war, and uh, both different warring factions there, ISIS members eating their own victims that they've murdered, they've drank the blood. Yes, this is true too. But as L.A. Marzulli pointed out, there were giants in the land there and in Afghanistan, soldiers had to battle it. And it's not the only case of giants. There's many out there that claim that yes, these giants are on the earth. There's even those that claim that underneath the earth, these demons, they call it aliens, what are aliens really? Aliens are just demons. There are devils inhabiting human form. And you're going to find out that the way they got here more than 4,000, 5,000 years ago before the flood is the same way they got here in the times of Joshua and Moses and even in today. And I'm going to show you how. And that's what's going to really blow you away. At least it did me. Let's move forward right here as we can see here in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, uh, verses 32 to 33. We'll focus on this. This is speaking about the spies uh, that Moses sends into the promised land. Remember when Moses takes the children of Israel out of Egypt, all the wonders that happened there. And of course, don't forget the priest as well were able to do the same types of miracle that Moses was doing. But they couldn't part the Red Sea. They couldn't cross on dry ground. There was many things that they could not do. But they had some incredible magic tricks, you might say, up their own sleeves. And this wasn't just a little, uh, like you see today on TV, you know, the guy can do the little cards or the, the bird come out, things that are explainable. We're talking about they could do supernatural things. Their serpent, their sticks could turn into serpents, etc. All these things that were happening with them, right? But... When they go to go to the promised land, there is a major obstacle. Yes, it is flowing with milk and honey and unbelievable uh, fruits that are there happening that only two men could carry back. Uh, just one cluster of grapes that was so heavy took two strong men to carry it back. A land that was rich in gold itself. Not so much that you would unmine it and sell it like little rocks, but the monoatomic elements in the soil that made the fruit grow so well. And of course, there were things there besides that, and that were the giants. Let's read and see. As you can see depicted in the photo here on the screen and behind me here, this is from Egypt, but I have often wondered that the Egyptian pyramids were built prior to the flood. There is some documentation to support that as far as the Sphinx being built prior to the flood. And that this is what they're depicting, the women that gave birth unto the children that become giants. Yeah, maybe it is a monument regarding this, right? 
Well, it says here, as we get down to the story, Joshua goes into the land, him and Caleb with the other spies, they come back, and many of them were scared to death, they say, and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, cannibalism. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, and so were we in their sight. Now, there's Anak's sons. They come of the giants. They're children of them, children of the Nephilim. Friends, it's getting very serious. And so they had to deal with that. Joshua came in. They did defeat them. Now, by the way, just kind of a little backtrack here. This is why uh, God was never pleased with Esau. Esau married in amongst the Canaanites. And the Canaanites were, the, were part of the descendants of the giants. All those. Esau's children were living in that land at that time. Remember, he married in amongst them. Now, God told Moses, don't mess with Esau. I've given him this land down there that was just to the southeast uh, of Israel, closer to the northwest part of Saudi Arabia, the southern part of Jordan, southwest Jordan today. That land was given to Esau. But the thing was, he married in amongst this race that was mixed with the, with the blood of the giants, the blood of the Nephilim, the Canaanites, Hittites, Jebusites, Perizzites. And of course... As we used to think about, why would God command to kill every man, woman, and child in the region? It just seems like, how could God be so cruel? Well, the thing was, is God was dealing with a race of people that were actually demonic in nature. They were children, again, of the same group of people that were here on the earth before the flood. And the question remains is, how did they get here in the first place? See, how did they do it? Well... There's actually a scripture for that. But before we go there, let me share something else with you in the book of Enoch. Chapter 8, verse 2 through 4. And there was great impiety and much fornication, and they went astray, and all their ways became corrupt. Now it's important we're doing this so you understand what we're going to look at in a moment. Amzarak taught all those who cast spells and cut roots. Armorus, the release of spells, and Barkael, astrologers, and Cacobael, Cacobael, Portens, and Tumiel taught astrology, and Esradel taught the path of the moon. And at the destruction of men, they cried out, and their voices reached unto heaven. See? So these fallen angels, they became imprisoned, though, later. They were put into prison. Uh, after what they did before the flood. But we're looking back now, and I'm trying to set a stage for you of how they got here after the flood. All right, so first I had to bring you to some information about what they were doing from the book of Enoch because we got to fit the pieces of the puzzle together. How did they get there after the flood, and how are they getting there today? All right, so as we move on here, I want you to see God imprisoned those fallen angels but not to forget some of the things they were doing. It's very important because there is a biblical link that's going to connect how they're doing it today and how they did it after the flood. All right, in chapter 18 of the book of Enoch, and I did a video about this one 
not too long ago, maybe earlier the first part of this year, forget the date on this. And I says, and I saw the winds of the earth which support the clouds, and I saw the paths of the angels, in other words, where they were taken to. I saw at the end of the earth the firmament of heaven above, and I went towards the south. Sounds like a south pole to me. And it was burning day and night. Antarctica during the summer does burn day and night. Where there were seven mountains of precious stones, three towards the east and three towards the south. Now, it just so happens, when I was first reading this in Enoch several months back, I began to look at this and I, and I questioned that it's almost as if Enoch is telling us the geographical location on this earth where these angels have been imprisoned. And so I began to do a little bit of research. And oddly enough, there is a thing called Seven Summits, uh, a mountaintop called Seven Summits, and of course a website, sevensummits.com where they actually speak about a, a trip that they took there. And oddly enough, if you take into consideration that the earth before the flood was shifted a little bit differently, then these mountains, this center peak, this, the, the tallest mountain that is there, would actually, and the two, the two chains of three mountains each, would actually be exactly the way Enoch described, described it. Three of them to the east, three of them to the south. And so I began to look at this more as a conjecture, not as an absolute fact. But then I began to look at what else was worded in Enoch about where they went and what was being said. Let's look at this. Enoch chapter 18, continuing on with verses 11 through 14. And I saw a deep chasm of the earth with pillars of heavenly fire. And I saw among them fiery pillars of heaven which were falling, and as regards both height and depth, they were immeasurable. And beyond this chasm I saw a place, and it had neither the sky above it nor the foundation of the earth below it. There was no water on it, no birds, but it was a desert place. And a terrible thing I saw there, seven stars like great burning mountains, and like a spirit questioning me, the angel said, This is the place of the end of heaven and earth. This is the prison for the stars of heaven and the host of heaven. All right. Now, interesting. I want to share something with you. Keep in mind, as he says right here, there was no water on it. There were no birds. It was a desert place. Don't forget the part about the fiery pillars. We're going to come back to that in just a little bit. And I saw a deep chasm of the earth. Well, oddly enough, in science, on Science Alert, they came up with a new article uh, not too long ago. This was back in 2016, December the 7th. A massive chasm in Antarctica's ice is threatening to cut off crucial, res uh, crucial research station. The Antarctic research station that originally discovered the ozone hole in Earth's atmosphere during the 1980s is now facing a different kind of environmental crisis that's much closer to home. And of course, they go into the chasm that is underneath there. But isn't it interesting that this is where the ozone hole is? Remember, there was they couldn't measure up, nor they couldn't measure down. A huge chasm that's up underneath here, right? <coughs> And then, of course, the pillars of heavenly fire. 
Very interesting the way this is described. But don't forget, they also called it the coldest, or, or it, was called, it was called a desert place in the book of Enoch. Well, oddly enough, if you look on this particular site here, we'll, we'll zoom this in for you, it says on the sevensummits.com, the snowfall in Antarctica is so minimal that the continent has been called the world's coldest desert. Interior receives less than three centimeters or one inch of precipitation a year, making it the driest continent on Earth. And of course, when you go in this far, there are no birds. There's no penguins, no seagulls, no nothing going to go that far in because it's so cold. And so I begin to think this must be where those angels were imprisoned. But it gets even more interesting than that. Look on down to verse 18 and 19 in the book of Enoch. And he was angry with them and bound them until the time of the consummation of their sin in the year of mystery. No man knows the day nor the hour. And Uriah said to me, the spirits of the angels who were promiscuous with women will stand here and they, assuming many forms, make men unclean and will lead men astray so that they sacrifice to demons as gods and they will stand there until the great judgment day on which they will be judged so that an end will be made of them. And their wives, having led astray the angels of heaven, will become peaceful. Now, i got to share with you a couple of things real quick on this issue here. All right, the year of mystery. That's because the Bible says, as we read it, no man knoweth the day nor the hour of his return. That's the year of mystery. Right? Also, the angels were promiscuous with the women. We know this. All right? They assuming many forms. One of the apocrypha writings that I was doing some research in one time said that the the daughters of, uh, you know, that were born of, of Adam and Eve's descendants there that they had saw that were beautiful and came and slept with them and had babies by them, did not want anything to do with them at the first. But it says in this one apocryphal writing, and I don't recall it, I would tell you if I knew, but I just can't recall which book this was, said that they transformed their appearance to look like their husbands. They assumed many forms. And they slept with them tricked them and had children by them. No wonder why the women become peaceful. They won't have to deal with it no more. Right? But then what's really important, it says here, and make men unclean and will lead men astray. So they're still active in the situation that is happening on the earth today. The geopolitical atmosphere that is happening in the world today, they are still involved in it because they will lead men astray and they will sacrifice to demons as gods. And what are they planning on doing? Building a third temple. No wonder why we see so much interest in Antarctica. As we see here, Patriarch Kirill, he goes to the Antarctica and he's not to the deep part where there's no birds at. He's on the outer edge when they took this photo here. But no doubt, maybe he got to go a little bit deeper to where they are. This was after his meeting with Pope Francis there in Havana, Cuba, where they're trying to unite both the Russian Orthodox and the Roman Catholic Church after they sp split up over a thousand years ago, trying to get ready to fake a millennial reign. And of course, they're going to do a lot more than just that, right? And this is also, by the way, when he went there, the Ark of Gabriel, Antarctica, Russia, and the Apocalypse was the title of this article that was being submitted here by Paul Sieber back on February 25th, 2016 on uh, Mystery Universe. 
Now, this may seem like nothing but a bunch of conspiracy theories when it comes to this right here, but when this story first broke that there was a, uh, an ancient art discovered at Mecca that we read about in the news that all there was a stampede that killed all the people here, but in quote-unquote in the conspiracy reports out there, there was this Ark of Gabriel and it emitted a plasma uh, explosion that killed all these people. That's how they died at Mecca. And a lot of people just assume, well, this was all false, it's all fake and everything that was going on. But as we began to do research in the Russian media, we found out there was a lot of evidence that actually supported this, not just to be a theory. The Russians did, after this incident in Mecca, did send their research ship that was going to Antarctica down to pick up some kind of object from Saudi Arabia. They did continue on down. There was an armada of military ships that accompanied their science research ship to Antarctica. So you have to wonder, is there not something really to this? Now this article here says a strange series of seemingly linked news stories popped up recently about something called the Ark of Gabriel. It's referred to as Gabriel's instructions to Muhammad and it's mentioned in conjunction with the mass deaths in Saudi Arabia, Russian military operations, secret base in Antarctica, and most recently the leader of the Russian Orthodox Church. What is the Ark of Gabriel and why is it suddenly in the news? So there was, and as I stated, in Russian language media, you could get a little bit better idea of what was going on here, but it still was a big hush-hush even amongst the Russians. But then during the time of the presidential elections when Donald Trump is, uh, and, and Hillary Clinton are in their final runoff, the day of the vote itself, John Kerry decides to go to Antarctica. Why? And then why when he leaves Antarctica and goes to New Zealand is there this massive earthquake? Well, again, conspiracy theories were saying that what actually happened was that there was uh, uh, that, that he didn't he went down to the fallen to, to actually as they call it the aliens that are Antarctica and was pleading for being able to get Hillary Clinton in and not Donald Trump. And they claimed that they rejected him. It's not aliens, friends. What they call aliens are demons. And remember, there were only 200 that were actually fallen, and they were put at Antarctica. Let's take a look. Now you're going to find out how they got here. How did they get here? How are they getting here today? And how did they get here after the flood? It's very interesting. Leviticus 18, verse 20. Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. Thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech, neither shalt thou profane the name of thy God. I am the Lord. Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast to defile thyself therewith. Neither shalt thou shall any woman stand before a beast to lie down thereto. It is confusion. Now, we'll just stop right there. Did you notice, though, what he's saying? Did you notice what we're having right here? You're not to lay with your neighbor's wife. You're not to allow your seed to pass through the fire to Molech. One particular set of those writings, and I don't know, I just saw the compilation of names there. It says that there was one of those angels called Morach, like Molach, could be the same, who appears, oddly enough, as a bull. Remember what Levit Leviticus said in verse 21, And thou shalt not let any of thy seed pass through the fire to Molech. And Molech, as you can see by the statue, was always a bull. 
Now, the sister that shared this scripture with me said to me, she said, Stephen, you understand Hebrew? I said, yes. Go back and look at it. Everybody thinks these children are being put there as burnt offerings. And no doubt, maybe they were doing that as well. But she says, it's not what it says, is it? And I went and I read it. And it's actually just like they translated in English, just like in Deuteronomy. They're passing through the fire. What fire are they passing through? I believe they're passing through that fire that we saw in the book of Enoch when the angels that were put there in Antarctica, if this is actually the place, and we saw the, the, the pillars of fire. But they're still active in the affairs of man. And what were they doing? Passing through that fire barrier right there. Deuteronomy 18.9 When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter pass through the fire, or that useth divination, observer of times, or enchanter, or a witch. And this was all the things they were doing, friends. This was all those things. It's repeating again. Okay, so that was pretty powerful. Um, <clears throat> I have to digest that for a little while because I really don't know. I'd, I'd have to... Um, at the end, he kind of sped up with... Uh, he changed the proverb and then read another part and then all of a sudden they were going through the fire and so I'm not really sure about um, what happened there <clears throat> so I think I'll have to um, see if I can find that and um, make a determination of my own to see if it's true or not it could be I'm, I'm just saying I like to validate things. So thank you for listening. Bye-bye.